Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, featuring 382 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always... Yo, it's me. It's me. It's Lukey C, a.k.a. the Sad Sap. What are we talking about today? Well, we will talk about the Browns. I know that. Definitely uh, different energy, different vibe this week than there was last week. We'll get into that in a little bit. So first, we're going to start. We're going to talk about the NFL coaching carousel. Some of these jobs are starting to fill up. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about the great slate of games this past weekend which was awesome on Saturday and Sunday. And then we'll finish up with preview of Championship Sunday. But before we get into that, Championship Sunday in the NFL is upon us. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 2 0 week for us. We hit on Tampa on the money line, we hit on the under Chiefs Cleveland. So we are now up to 20. 22 and 2 for the season not too bad hopefully some folks didn't give up on us and they and they bet with us this week and they made some money who do you like this week coming up championship week looks to be a fun and exciting week here i am going to go with over 54 in the buffalo bills kansas city chiefs afc title game that's over 54 at minus 112 on uh, betonline.ag i like that one i am taking Kansas City minus three in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, some things in the air. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, I think that's a great value pick to get it right now. And then the bonus pick this week is Tampa Bay plus four. I like Tampa with the points at Green Bay. Not taking Tampa on the money line this week. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign Sign up today. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. Okay. NFL coaching carousel. Two weeks in a row we've talked about, you know, Black Monday, obviously the big firing day. And then last week the Doug Peterson news dropped. We ranked the jobs. Some of these jobs are starting to fill up, right? Uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, got the Jets job. Atlanta hired Arthur Smith. The Urban Meyer domino in Jacksonville dropped. Dan Campbell, they're talking about him in Detroit. It's not official yet. Uh, And then Brandon Staley, a name that I gave two weeks ago as a name to watch. He got the the Chargers job. Look, I certainly didn't expect him to. You had that job one. I had that job two. I certainly didn't expect him to get that job. But I anticipated that that would be a surprise name that you heard for interviews. So shout out to Brandon Staley, uh, him and his brother. As I talked about two weeks ago, there we are from the same area. They were a year behind us. We played basketball together. Uh, they went to the high school. They moved. They opened this beautiful high school in Perry, the next town over. So very excited about a hometown guy, a guy my age that, that I knew, played sports with growing up, getting an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. So just man I, I can't I can't even tell you how how happy I am and excited about that we are efforting to get him mm-hmm. long shot I reached out to his agent actually and I uh, have a couple people trying to nobody's responding to me let's just <laughs> let's just put it like that it's like oh you could have had him when he was the linebacker coach at John Carroll but now you want him to he's the head coach of the Chargers so <laughs> we'll see I might be able to tug a few heartstrings, and, and, and we'll see if we can get them here. But uh, just great opportunity. The one thing I'm a little 
not disappointed, not even upset. I just, the one thing that I'm hearing today, Ryan Clark, you know, I love Ryan Clark and a couple other guys have come out and they've kind of criticized the hiring of Brandon Staley. They're using this as sort of the, the platform for uh, the minority hirings and minorities not getting an opportunity. And it's really more of a thing with the enemy. And what I would say is this, there, there's plenty of other places to, to look at that, see Mike McCarthy, see Adam Gase, you know, there's plenty of other coaches that have gotten opportunities. You know, I think Brandon Staley's a guy that's ready to be a coach in the NFL. He's a leader of men. Jalen Ramsey came out and was very vocal about how much he liked him. Sean McVay talked about in an interview I read that, you know, this guy's sicker than me when it comes to football. You know, he's a He's an X's and O's genius. He's he's a, he's a leader of men. And the other thing, the, the criticism of him, you know, is that he's a defensive guy. What I can say is, you know, he was a great high school quarterback at Perry. He was a, a high school, or excuse me, he was a college quarterback at Dayton. And he was an offensive guy. The first few stops he made uh, in Northern Illinois and some other places, he was at a community college and he was a grad assistant at Tennessee. So, look, bottom line is he's – the right guy for the job and I certainly believe that there needs to be more opportunities for for minorities in the NFL especially now that we already didn't have enough and now we've already gone down one in the total because Anthony Lynn lost his job and he was replaced I, I think that you know, certainly need an opportunity to get some more uh, minorities, some jobs. Robert Sala is a minority. He's, you know, the first um, uh, of, of, of Arabic descent. Uh, so shout out, you know, me being a, a Lebanese of Lebanese descent. Happy to see Robert Sala getting getting this opportunity. So there, there you know, there's a minority candidate there. But anyway, we can go we can go down that road forever. Uh, sounds like Houston's hiring or excuse me, interviewing a lot of minority candidates and uh, Philadelphia from some of the uh, the rumored candidates on that list. There, there's some minorities there. So still an opportunity. Tell me what you think about these jobs, these openings, who've who've who's been hired, the jobs that are left, you know, just just general thoughts on the coaching carousel itself and some of the things that you've seen play out so far. I think uh, it was interesting when when the Jets hired Salah because that's the first time I think I've ever seen a coaching hire just like universally lauded on Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a dark place and, and everyone pretty much celebrated that. So that was interesting to see. So I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, what that, what that bears. Um, I think he probably is a good head football coach. Uh, I know his guys love him. Richard Sherman talks about it all the time, you know, so I'm interested to see what happens there. Didn't think Urban Meyer was going to come back. Definitely didn't think he was going to come back to the NFL. Did we ever see what the final number was on his contract? I don't think. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure it's, it's quite a bit, but uh, probably the number that you heard, it's probably 12 million. Yeah, I would assume, but they spent pretty much all month after him and and finally got him. So they got their guy. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence and, and, you know, that could be, that could be a fun pairing. God, I hope they take Trevor Lawrence. Because I don't if he starts doing the fucking Steve Spurrier thing. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is like he has no connection to Justin Fields. Like I don't get the the field stuff. Like he wasn't there. He didn't. True. Ryan Day recruited him. So like, true. He was at Ohio State after. So I I, I just I don't really see that. But it, they're definitely taking Trevor Lawrence. Staley, you mentioned. Um, Hopefully he's there longer than any of his other jobs. He's had several jobs over the last, you know, six, seven, eight. Hasn't stayed anywhere more than two years. Yeah. And uh, that makes me not hesitant. I don't, you know, I just don't know enough about him. I know that they spent like the six least amount of their total cap on defense and they still had the number one defense in the league. So like he's clearly very smart, very sharp. So, you know, he'll probably do a good job there and, as far as the minority stuff, it's just like I, everything I've heard about the enemy was he's got kind of a kind of a dodgy past, uh, some stuff that happened at at Colorado. So um, when he was a coach there. So that's I think that's what's holding him back. You certainly I don't know. I, I'm not in the mind of any NFL owner. So well, I, I, have think, no idea. I don't think that's it either. I mean, he doesn't call the plays. I, I think for him, he might really want to consider leaving Kansas City and going to a place where he can call the plays. Potentially this Andy Reid situation holding him back a little bit. And look, let's just be honest. He might not interview well. 
I mean, there's people out there that just don't interview well. So I think it's a combination of things. But I think the fact that he doesn't call the plays hurts him. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're going to talk about Watson, but he seems like he might have some legs there in Houston just based on, you know, Watson's discussion with Mahomes and everything. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens there. And it looks like uh, Schefter and um, and Ian uh, Rappaport. Rappaport, those guys, uh, they're hinting pretty strongly that McDaniels is the front runner in Philly. So I've heard some things on that today, uh, and I wanted to talk about that before we moved on. So we'll talk Houston first. So Houston has interviewed Joe Brady, Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis. They want to interview Leslie Frazier. Uh, they've also asked to interview – be enemy and now that Dayball didn't get the Chargers job which everybody expected to him my my expectation is that he's probably a candidate for both these jobs as well so just some interesting just the name of candidates that Houston has already interviewed just kind of a lot of retread guys I, I don't know the, the Houston situation baffles me but the Philly thing so Philly is apparently in love with McDaniels or the 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 infatuation is starting to grow but another name that i heard on the list that they really like there so their 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 front office is torn a little bit is Todd Bowles which is interesting because he just lost a head coaching job 2 years ago didn't have a whole lot of success with the jets and another name that i heard on that one today is Gerard Mayo oh, yeah i uh huh which is crazy. Gerard Mayo's 34 years old. He's basically just been like a, a, an assistant, a defensive assistant in New England. So the one thing I want to say, I know you really want to talk about Deshaun Watson and some of that stuff that's going on there, but the defensive trend shift with these coaches, Staley, Sala, the names that they're interviewing in Houston are primarily defensive names. Philly... Uh, Dan Campbell is tight ends coach. Yeah, but you know, I think he's kind of one of those guys. Yeah, he is. That's he is. that's kind of coached every position group. So, I, just very surprising to me in an offensive league. And I know you historically are are a fan of hiring offensive coaches. It seems to me like it's shifting back a little bit. Is that too much? Do you believe that's too much of an overcorrection of the points that are being scored in this league? I and mean, we've referenced it the past few weeks that more touchdowns were scored this year than any year. You think teams are just saying, look, we got to we got to get defensive at the at the head of our organization or what? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so because look, McDaniel's is still a leading candidate in Philly. We talked about Dable. He's probably going to get a job somewhere, right? I, I can't imagine he, he goes through and and doesn't doesn't get it. But um, you know, Bienemy is one that we we've talked about, and you know, and Arthur Smith was hired. We uh, I didn't comment on that. I thought that was a pretty good. I'd like to see them go get like Trey Lance, and, and I'd like to see how that would work out with uh, Atlanta because I think he has an interesting system. But um, Justin Fields probably is going to be there. So. <clears throat> uh, maybe we'll see. Um, so it, yeah, uh, you know, there's still, there's still options out there from the offensive side of the ball. So I just think that these guys were, were what the teams were looking for as far as typically when you see one coach, a head coach firing, the organization just tends to go the other way. Like, you know, Adam Gase is an offensive guy and they went and hired a defensive guy. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the chargers chargers did the same thing. You know, Anthony Lynn was an offensive guy. And they went and hired a defense. Shit, the Browns been doing that for years. Yeah, except for the last time. Yeah, well, we don't count. Last couple times, I <laughs> we, guess. Yeah, well, they went Hugh, Freddie, Steph. Yeah. So, interesting. So, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Clearly, <laughs> Houston is doing everything they can to mismanage that relationship. For those of you out there, the listeners that don't know, you know, it sounds like Deshaun Watson hasn't been happy with the organization for a while. You know, trading DeAndre Hopkins made him even more unhappy. And I guess the last straw now was, and, and this is so crazy to me, he did not go to the organization and tell them, these are the people that I think you should interview. The organization went to him and said, hey, Deshaun, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. 
And then they didn't even interview any of these guys. And that's just such a bad business practice. Look, I understand as, as management, if you don't want your employees to be involved in a decision, don't call them in the office and ask them about it. But the fact that they sort of went out of their way to alienate him and make him even more angry when they, I mean, they had to have known that he would not be happy when they traded away, you know, the top two or three wide receiver in the NFL. So, you know, I know that you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this Deshaun Watson stuff. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm also interested to hear where you think he might be going. Well, I just think it's, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's just wild that they went, they went to him. It's not like he went to them and said, Hey, I need to be involved in this. And then just to completely ignore it. And then you have, the whole thing with the owner's past comments, which are troubling. Um, the the inmates running the prison. Apologizing and then taking it back and regretting it. And it's just it's a it's just an absolute mess down there. And they did high or they do have a uh, just make sure I have my uh, my facts correct here. They have either interviewed him or have a uh, they've requested the enemy. So yeah, he he's been requested. Um, but I don't think he's gonna take the interview. I don't know. I I, I don't uh, have any insight into that, but um, you know, so it, it'll it'll just be interesting to see. And you know, the way that Schefter and those guys were talking about it, he they said he's played his last snaps as uh as a Texan, which is just so wild how it can just go out of control. And, and like, just to give Bill O'Brien more and more power, if like if you were even thinking about firing him, why would you just keep giving him more power and the ability to trade away all those assets and picks and stuff? They fired him in the freaking season. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, a, it's a poorly run organization. There's no doubt about it. And apparently, what's his Easterby is just a complete, you know, there's no trust there between the players and, and Easterby. And, you know, he, he's going to have to go, I would imagine, even if you uh, do trade Watson. I, I just, I don't understand I, why he hasn't been fired, why he wasn't fired today. I don't understand what the, yeah, well, like, what, why is he such a, what is what does he have? He must so, know. He must know where the bodies are buried. I mean, there's no other way around it, right? So, I guess I don't. I don't really. I haven't thought about it. I think as much as far as where he might go. I know that Miami is the hot one, but um, you know, I thought the Jets kind of made sense. Um, if they're willing to part with, uh, you know, obviously that number two pick. Him. I mean, what's going to take three ones to trade him? To trade for him? Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it's some package. You know, I think I think the Jets is probably most likely, but I think a team to look at is probably the Bears. I think if you're the Bears, you can With what? They're like they've traded all their, all their well, picks. Khalil Mack. Yeah. If, Are if you really trading Khalil uh, Deshaun Watson for Khalil Mack? Well, and 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 a package of picks. The the bottom line is this: as the Bears organization, I was talking to a Bears fan the other night. He said, you know. Khalil Mack's a great defensive player. He absolutely is, but I think that organization's shown that they can continue to find great defensive players. They haven't been able to show that they can get a franchise quarterback. So I don't think the Miami the Miami thing because for for Miami to work, Houston would want would have to want Tua, and I don't I don't know. You know, I, I think with with these other opportunities, i.e. the Jets and the Bears, it's either draft capital or a combination of capital and, and, and established players. So, why do you think Miami's his preferred? Is it just because it's Miami? I mean, how do you know Miami's his preferred? Because that's what's been reported. I have not necessarily seen that 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 is his top option. Uh, my guess is it well. Texas doesn't have state income tax. So he he's in a state that doesn't have income tax. He probably wants to go to another state that doesn't have income tax. It's it's Miami. You know, who doesn't want to live in Miami? I, I think that maybe he likes Brian Flores. Maybe he wants to play for a minority coach. And maybe that's why you're seeing all these minority coaches being interviewed. Uh, you know, it could be any combination. Maybe he likes the uniforms. I, I don't know. You know, I think the Jets is probably... It's probably where he goes. That's that's what I'm guessing. You get a chance there to to take your pick of the of the remaining quarterbacks outside of you know Trevor Lawrence. Um, if you're Houston in that in that uh, situation, oh gosh, this is just such a just a disastrous 
situation. I mean, well, you know, that, that team doesn't have a whole lot of Houston, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of weapons on offense. Will Fuller's a free agent. I don't know. I just, it sounds like it's time for everybody to kind of just start over. And my guess is in the next couple weeks, you're going to, you're going to see this stuff heat up. So let's talk division round. Let's talk Saturday. We'll start with the Rams and the Packers. The first game on Saturday, the Packers beat the Rams 32 to 18. Talk to me about that game. I thought it was pretty much what we expected. Um, Goff actually played a little bit better than um, than I had anticipated. Third highest PFF grade of the weekend. Their defense is good, but, you know, Rodgers is just Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, he's the MVP. We talked about it here several times. And um, they're just they're just a really good football team. They're They're well coached. You know, Rodgers, is, he's got that offense uh, figured out, you know, and he, he's very comfortable. And not not to say they were worried about uh, the Rams' defense, but you could see just in the way that the game was played that, you know, that was a very Rams-specific game plan that they went with, you know, passing the ball quick, you know, all the motion and stuff to, to try and figure out coverages. And, and you know, typically when uh, – I, I believe I said this on the show last week – when an, when an elite, truly elite wide receiver goes against a truly elite quarterback, the wide receiver usually wins. It's just the way that, you know, it's just the nature of perfect offense and perfect defense. It's just, it's always going to go to the offense for the most part. And I just thought that that was just, you know, a great game plan that the way they had. And Donald was banged up, but, uh, you know, kept kept the pressure off. And, um, you know, they beat him the exact way that they wanted to. And I just thought it was very impressive. Yeah. I mean, Rogers spectacular. 300 yards, two touchdowns. He had another touchdown rushing. The The Packers' running game was outstanding, right? They had 185 yards combined and two touchdowns with the three running backs, and then obviously Rodgers got the other rushing touchdown. Aaron Jones had 99 yards. Jamal Williams had 65 yards. And then A.J. Dillon, he, you know, he had a couple key carries there, got 27 yards. Uh, Lazard, uh, he came up big with that 58-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. That was sort of the nail in the coffin. And that was even bigger, especially after he had dropped the one in the third quarter. If this game had turned out differently, would have been the turning point. Uh, I thought the Rams played okay. Aaron Donald was banged up, like you said. He had zero quarterback pressures in this game. That's the first time in a game that he's played since 2017 that he had zero quarterback pressures. So, you know, the combination of running the ball, getting the ball out quick, those kind of things, him being banged up. It was a, it was a rib issue. So, you know, I think it was just a perfect storm there. Cam Akers looked, you know, he looked pretty damn good again. He had 90 yards, another touchdown. I'm, I'm really looking forward to year two for Cam Akers. I was concerned. I drafted him in a couple fantasy leagues. I was concerned about him early on, but over the last six weeks or so, he's really, really come alive uh, and become a player. I think he's, He's a player to watch uh, next year. So in the end, you know, I thought the Packers, they were just too good, which is, you know, what what I expected, what we expected. I predicted they would win by 11, so. I ended up laying the points on it, so uh, it worked out. Ravens and Bills. Bills won 17-3. What you got on that one? Oh, man. Uh, I know he won an MVP. Recently, oh, are are you are you doing this right now? Uh, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, he was bad. I mean, just flat out, flat out bad. Um, this brings a smile to my face. He, I mean, we we've seen it now for most of the year. If you keep him in the pocket, he can't torch you. Um, he had the second worst PFF grade this week, uh, passing wise. I um, wish everybody could see me right now. I'm celebrating because this completes. My Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, preseason getting absolutely destroyed in our quarterback ranking. So I'm I'm really happy right now. 14 to 24, 162 yards, and um, another pick that was returned 101 yards for a touchdown. Just a 55.7 QBR. Just not good. I mean, the defense was fine, I guess. You know, Josh Allen also did not look great. Certainly nothing that would that would scare me if you're the Chiefs or you know, potentially could have been the, the Browns, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. You know, I, I just was expecting a little bit more from Buffalo. Like, I just, I really don't think that they've looked great. Uh, and I've been on this since before, you know, we talked about it before the playoffs started. 
and I guess we'll get a chance to see it. You know, maybe, um, you know, Casey, they were favored by 10 yesterday. They won by five. So maybe they're not, maybe they're not what I'm imagining them to be. But um, I think this is more about Baltimore than it is about Buffalo. I think that they're going to have to, they're going to have to make a decision. Like uh, I saw an article on PFF today, judging, well, not judging, but talking about the, uh, the contract decisions for the four quarterbacks drafted in the first round from 2018 minus Josh Rosen. And it was to extend Allen and Baker were their verdicts on those. Darnold, obviously they were going to move on no fifth year option, likely traded. And then for Lamar, the, the argument was wait and see. I mean, and Rosillo's talked about this too on his show. It's going to be like 10 years of this, you know, where you're going to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is he good? Is he bad? He's going to have games and he's going to trick. He's going to fool you where he takes off and runs and scores a 55 yard touchdown. But then he's going to have games where, you know, he throws that horrible pick six. And then, you know, if you can keep him in the pocket and you just mush rush, he can't kill you. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's just going to be a long time of, of wait and see. And, and I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think he's the guy. It's, it's real hard to move on from that. Um, but you obviously, I think you pick up, pick up his option and see what happens, but I don't know that, I don't know that you can extend him at this point. What do you think? I think that he was overrated and I've always thought he was overrated and, and I'll get into that here in a second. In terms of the game itself, I thought the better team won. I expected it to be closer. Weather was certainly a factor that, that wind was brutal. You know, Josh Allen, had a horrible overthrow, which, you know, we'll say it was the wind. He does that pretty frequently. Uh, the kid that ended up coming in for uh, Tyler Hunley, he had a really bad overthrow in the same spot. Uh, Justin Tucker missed two field goals. So I, I think the wind was a factor in that game. But, uh, you know, the surprising thing for me, honestly, was how little Buffalo ran the football. And it's interesting to watch, you know, moving forward as we get into these games this weekend. You know, I expected Stephon Diggs to be special. He he was, you know, eight catches, 106 yards and a tutty. Uh, but, you know, you said it. I'll jump on it now. The real story is Lamar Jackson. He is a dynamic football player with his feet. There is no denying that. Two weeks in a row, he has thrown an unforgivable, just terrible interception. And, you know, last week against Tennessee, he got away with it. And this week, it, it sealed it sealed the game. I fully expected a regression this season, and, and we've seen it. You know, and I tweeted this during the game. Being dynamic with your feet isn't a critical competency of an NFL quarterback. Critical competencies of an NFL quarterback are leadership, accuracy, arm talent, decision-making, and he's not accurate. I mean, I think he's got good leadership ability. His decision-making is poor. I mean, I just when you start talking about what it takes to be an elite NFL quarterback, he doesn't, ha he doesn't have it. Well, let's see. I'm just looking at it now. He was um, last season, you know, in his MVP year, he was 14th in adjusted completion percentage at PFF, 76.1. So that, uh, you know, it takes away – it takes into account attempts – um, throwaways, spikes, batted passes, hit his thrown, all that stuff. So he was 14th, which is, you know, middle of the road. This year, pulling it up now, he was, he's 27th. So are you saying? Quite literally not, played differently last year than he did this year. Now, is that who he is? I, I mean, wh which one is true? You know, is it a combination of the two? Is it, this is the guy? And if you go all the way back to his rookie year, uh, I'm not sure if he if he played enough. Well, this year was closer. I I would <laughs> guess the, he was 66.7 adjusted per completion, which was 38 out of 39 qualifiers. There you go. So there you go. Two two years of, you know, that's three years. That's three years that you've got on him, and he's near the bottom in two of them. So I think that the criticism of him is fair as far as accuracy and, and all that. And, decision making. I, Don't sure. forget about decision making. But I also think that. We I talked about how his his touchdown rate was going to come back because that was just unsustainable. He was throwing a touchdown like on nine percent of his throws. It's just not it's just not sustainable. So I knew that was going to come back. But you know something like accuracy, I, I don't I don't understand how it comes and goes. Like you you know we we talked about Josh Allen before. He's never been above you know fifty five percent from high school college. 
you know, his first two years in the pros and all of a sudden he's at 77% or whatever he is this year. You know, like, I don't understand how that works. I don't understand how you just become accurate. You know, Baker Mayfield's big thing coming out was accuracy and he was inaccurate for most of last year and for the start of this year. And, you know, he's since flipped it and, and he's been one of the better, um, more accurate passers over the last 10, 12 weeks. So I just don't, it, it's a funny thing. I just don't really understand how it works. That's something that's supposed to be sticky over time. I would not extend Lamar Jackson. Look, I don't want to jump on the Bill Polian thing because I think Bill Polian was too critical. He is not the guy that you pay $35 million a year. And if the only thing that he brings to your offense is 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 the ability to break out of the pocket when pressure comes, it's tough. It's 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 a tough situation. I don't envy Baltimore uh, for the situation that they're in, their leadership's in, the decision that they have to make over the next, you know, twelve months or so. But at the same time, I'm also glad that they have to make that decision because either they have to go out and find a new quarterback or. You know, a guy who's going to be wildly inconsistent over the course of his career is going to be at their, be their quarterback. So either either way, I think it is 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 good for us. I mean, look, he 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 beats the Browns. He beat the Browns on Monday Night Football, but it is what it is. So, Lamar, I'm sorry, buddy. I I know I know you're a nice guy, and and I, and I think your leadership ability is there, man. But plus, if you do extend him, what's going to happen? You know, if if he takes a hit and you know, cause he takes hits, he's not, he's he took not, a hit on Saturday night, obviously knocked him out of the game. So, you know, he, he, and he's always been like that. He's not a guy that slides. He's not a guy that runs out of bounds like Russell Wilson. You know, he takes those hits and I just, I don't know how you can extend him like that. He's going to lose the burst. You know, not everyone is LeBron James and just maintains their athleticism their entire lives, <laughs> but you know, so he's going, he's going to lose that at some point. And once he loses that burst, which is truly elite and unlike anything else that anyone in the NFL has or we've ever seen, including Mike Vick. I think he's more, I think he has more burst. I think he is, you know, a better, more, I think he's a better runner, but I just don't know how you extend that because should you do that, he's going to lose that, that step at some point. They learned their lesson very, very recently what it does to your organization when you give a guy a big raise based off of one year. And look, they, um, you know, but but I'm going to give them some credit here because they went ahead and drafted. They traded up into the first round to draft him when there was still time left on Flacco's deal. You know, like they still had Flacco in place. It, presumably, it was a franchise quarterback at that point. You know, so they're not afraid to make moves. You know, they're they're a bold franchise. They they are a well run organization. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it's it's real interesting. They should trade up this year. <laughs> Sunday games. Let's just get into the Browns and the Chiefs. Chiefs 22, Browns 17. Oh, man. It comes down to, obviously, several things. Uh, you know, for a game that was scored in the 30s, uh, a lot of stuff happened. You know, we got the, the two Nick Chubb drops. The second one was, was just devastating, you know, because that looked like it was going to be a big, big gainer. Then, of course, you know, you get the play with, with Mahomes. I don't think he was, quote, unquote, choked out as that seems to be what's going around right now. Pretty clearly looked concussed to me. And then, you know, you have the helmet to helmet no call, which uh, which to me, I, I didn't I didn't think it was that big of a, a deal. You know, he, he definitely got hit in the helmet, but I don't I don't have a flag. I don't have a problem that they don't call it there. I don't know what the NFL's got to do something about that horrible, horrendous touchback rule. It's just it's, uh, at that point, you know, I, I'm thinking, OK, this there's. There's little chance for for the Browns to get back in this because, you know, that team is just too much. And um, it went pretty much exactly the way that the Browns needed it to go. No big plays, kept Mahomes off the field quite a bit. He got hurt even, you know, all that stuff. If you had told me before the game the Browns were going to win, all that would, all those would have been the conditions. And, um, you know, just didn't execute well. And it was definitely not uh, Stefanski's best work. I understand he said it was fourth and nine was a little bit too long, but uh, the whole play calling on that possession was kind of strange. You know, they, they had the run and then they had two, two running back uh, passes real short. So before that punt, I don't have a problem with them not running the ball. Like, you, you know, that that's that's not you throw it, you throw it to take the lead and then you run to win to close out the game. That, that that's the theory. That's the prevailing theory that I think is the most 
is the best way is the best way to win. But they adjusted. They made halftime adjustments. They came out and um, you know they won the second half, fourteen to three. It just wasn't enough. I just don't think that you can punt the ball back in that situation. Maybe its decision is is a little bit easier since Mahomes was out of the game at that point. But I just thought that Stefanski, you know, and he'll learn from it. He was a smart guy. I just don't think that this was his best his best work. And and look, they got down thirteen three awfully quick. And, um, you know, they had to adjust. And I, I think they did adjust. It just took them a little bit too long, about maybe about a quarter too late. Certainly was not the way I saw the game going. I thought that, I thought that they, it was going to be a high-scoring game. Um, you nailed it with the underpick. I definitely – I bet the over and lost all that money. But um, I definitely thought that this was going to be a game where we're going back and forth. And it certainly looked like early – you know, I, I, I told you before the game, you know, you were confident last week and you, you said we're going to win, we're going to win. And I actually picked the Chiefs to win the game. But then I woke up on Sunday morning and I said, we're going to win. Even when we got down at halftime, you know, we're down 19 to three at half with that just, you know, gut punch of a play on the Higgins fumble. And then to give up three more points on their way back through before half was was killer. Because if Higgins is able to punch it in 16-10 at that point, maybe you still give up the field goal. But, uh, you know, 19-10, but you're getting the ball back to start the quarter, to start the uh, the quarter or start the second half. And, um, you know, Baker does throw his pick. Uh, probably he's got to do a better job uh, seeing Matthew on that. Uh, maybe he, and he threw it just a touch behind him. I certainly don't think it was a horrendous pick. I just thought it would, could have been a better, you know, I thought he could have put a better throw in. It wasn't a good decision. No, Look, the, the score wasn't really indicative of the game. Things. <laughs> Things really changed when Mahomes went out. Of course, of course. You know, I thought the Browns played and coached like it was their first big playoff game. Stefanski coached like it was his first playoff game. He didn't challenge when he should have. There was that long catch that was an incomplete pass that hit the ground that he didn't challenge, and then he challenged the one. Well, I think he wanted to challenge the one, but they, they ran the hurry. Well, you got to throw the fuck. He threw the flag on the Tyree kill one really quick. You know, That's true. That's I mean, true. you know, I just timeouts, punting, uh, challenge. Look, he'll learn I, from the it. The timeouts was the timeouts was killer too. The coaches coaches get better too. Look, Andy Reid's been coaching for twenty two years. Andy Reid was not was was very he was known as the clock fumbler. Like yes. Early on in his career in Philadelphia, he was highly, highly criticized. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's the magic man. So I think that, you know, Stefanski will learn from it. Baker was really good. He made some huge throws in the second and third quarters uh, on that drive in the, in the second quarter that Higgins ended up fumbling. He made some huge throws on the drive that they scored their last touchdown. He made some huge throws, the one to Hooper. Uh, he, he, Baker was great, uh, but he wasn't great in the fourth quarter. You know, he wasn't great in the fourth quarter when Casey dialed up the pressure. They started running some exotic blitzes. They started bringing pressure from places that they hadn't throughout the game, and I think that he struggled with it a little bit. It's his first big playoff game, period. Chubb had uncharacteristic tightness. You talked about it. The touchback in the end of the second quarter was a killer. I don't have a problem with the touchback. That's the rule. It's been the rule forever. That that uh, rule awful. That, that rule's been the rule for years. It doesn't. If I don't. It's a foot back from where he has. It's just. It's just the Browns ball from where he fumbles. That's like right. I just. I don't understand. I mean, it's. I. Uh, it's that's right. Terrible. It's, it's the rule. It's a terrible rule. Because. That is the only place on the field that Kansas City owns. That is, they own the end zone. So when the ball goes into the end zone and then it rolls out of bounds, it becomes their ball. And between the goal lines is neutral is neutral territory. Period. So well, that, but it's different if it would have fumbled if it would have been fumbled out of the back of the end zone. No. If it's fumbled out of the end zone, period. It's period. Just, okay. So if if he if he hits it and it goes all the way straight through, no, that's a touchback as well. So what I have a problem with is Sorensen and the helmet to helmet contact. He didn't touch him with any other part of his body but the crown of the helmet. If this game is about player safety, look, I understand it's a bang bang play. They're watching the ball. It's not reviewable. All that, but there is f what five officials on the field. Somebody somebody has to be aware of, of what's happening in that situation. You can't allow that. 
If this game's about player safety, it has to be about player safety. The other thing is, why is helmet-to-helmet contact not reviewable? In college football, if 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 helmet helmet gets called, they go back and they review it to see if it you know they to 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 understand intent and targeting and they and they throw a player out of the game. I get it; it's not college football, but the point is the fact that that is not a reviewable play to me is it's it's crazy. So that was an absolute killer. I don't have a problem with the touchback rule. What I do have a problem with is the helmet to helmet contact. Kelsey and Hill were unstoppable. We had nothing for either of those players and Mahomes was great even with the foot you know he the foot thing is a is is a real thing that that's a real problem he was having trouble throwing to the left his accuracy was was very very bad you know Kansas City showed they were a better, better team they made the plays down the stretch to win period the Browns and their fans you know they have a lot to be excited about a lot to be excited about here's the problem though expectations start now and, uh, you know, you and I and really everybody have, have all off-season to discuss that. But we are in the territory right now. Everybody's kind of healing. It's going to go from being a nice little story, all oh, the Browns are back in the playoffs for the first time, to, you know, next season it's it's a, it's a third-place schedule. Um, the expectations are going to be there for, for a deep playoff run. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how they how they respond. But, you know, I thought the better team won. Yeah, definitely. Which I think was the case in all four of these games. Yes. Bucks and Saints. Bucks won 30 to 20 at New Orleans. I thought it was the best game of the weekend, to be honest with you. Tell me what you thought. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see a whole lot of this game. I was uh I was in sulk mode a little bit and you were, uh, were you passed out? I had been I had been alcohol fueled. As I've mentioned before, I am a basket case in these uh these Brown situations. So you know, it was on, it was definitely, it was on, um, you know, Brady, Brady to me definitely didn't look great. And Drew Brees looked worse. You know, they, they look like a couple of guys in their forties. I'm kind of surprised at the amount of praise that, that Brady's getting, you know, I get that he's 43 and what he's doing is, is super impressive, but you know, he's still an NFL quarterback that we have to, you know, he, he, there's no awards for being the oldest quarterback to play in the playoffs. So I think he'll he'll definitely need to be better next week going to going to Green Bay for them to have a chance to win. I expect it to be I expect him to be better. You know, that was the worst he played. I mean, this, let's and the Saints have a really good defense too, so that that's not to be ignored. But yeah, just flat out I think the better team won. Breeze uh kind of a sad send-off if this is it for him, which kind of has been the talk for uh, about a year now. I think that this was going to be their final run and they have, you know, a disastrous cap situation in this offseason. So they'll probably get that cleaned up in a year or so. But uh, if this is the last game for Drew Brees, that's a tough one to go out on 19 to 34 for 134 touchdown and three picks. So that's, that's ugly. That's, that's not the way you want to go. That's not the way a legend wants to go out, but I mean, I just think the better team won. Yeah. You know, I predicted Tampa by a touchdown. They obviously won by a little more than I thought they would all, all three of the teams that i predicted to win one by a little more than I, I thought they would, at least the three teams that I predicted to win on record. Like you said, most likely Drew Brees last game, he, you know, three picks, and some of those were, were really bad. Look, I like your take on Tom Brady, but I'm going to give a different one. Tom Brady was great, as usual, in these situations. Two, you know, he threw for 200 yards, two touchdowns, had another rushing yard. He didn't do anything spectacular, but he was poised. He was extremely poised, never got himself into any trouble. He threw one bad pass in the third quarter. There was a, a long ball that he threw that was sort of intercepted, but the DB didn't get his, uh, the safety didn't get his other foot down. Outside of that, everything he threw was either to the receiver or to a place where nobody could catch it. He was never in any trouble. He made the throws to the right people. He played winning championship football. The leading re- receiver was Cam Brate. Cam Brate. They ran the ball great, 125 yards combined from Fournette and Jones. Fournette had another 44 yards receiving and a touchdown. Look, man, Devin White was the, was a difference maker, had an outstanding game. He had a fumble recovery. He had an interception. The concern for me with Tampa is, you know, Mike Evans, look, obviously Lattimore has his number. We've seen that this season and in previous seasons, but 
you know, he's got to be able to really step up next week. And Godwin, you talked about it last week, uh, just with the drop season, everything that's going on with him. He had another drop this week. He had another drop in the end zone. It was a tough catch, but you know, he should have made it. So in crunch time, it was a 2020 game in crunch time. He threw Brady being the he through the two most critical passes of the game to Tyler Johnson on an, on a on a back shoulder comeback, which was grab. one of the greatest catches I've seen. If you think about you know game situation and experience of the player and those kind of things, and then you know in the next set of downs, I believe it was he threw that. Just unbelievable throw to Scotty Miller where he dropped it in there, and Scotty Miller had to sort of avoid the safety coming in and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Brady's got trust with a lot of those guys. I thought he was he was great. I'm looking at this. So we got Buffalo, Kansas City, and we got the Packers and the Bucks. I'm thinking water in terms of the water cooler challenge. You know, I know we're not going to, we'll wait until the end, you know, after to do. So I've, I'm trying to remember who, what teams I have. So I've basically guaranteed that I've, will not only pick the teams going to the Super Bowl, but I'll pick the Super Bowl when I have all four teams in the championship round. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> mm. Sabadamas. Strikes again. Mm. Championship Sunday. Let's start with the early game, the NFC Championship. Bucks at Packers. Packers are minus four, three o'clock on Fox. Tell me just a couple thoughts and make a prediction if you want to on who you think is going to win. You did make a very good point about the leadership and all that. You know, he he managed. I don't want to say manage the game, but he did a good job of, of managing that game. Um, <laughs> but they're not playing Drew Brees this week, okay? They're, they're playing a different animal on the road. This is Aaron Rodgers' fifth conference championship game. Um, first one at home. Did you know that? I did not know that. I thought I thought that was interesting. but um, <clears throat> I did. Other times when they were, you know, had gone 14-2 or whatever, they, they lost early. Mm-hmm. So I just think that Brady, I just think you'll need more from Brady um, in that game. I just, I just think that, I think the Green Bay is the better team. I know that they got smacked by him. What what week was that earlier this year? Tampa put it on pretty good. Um, but uh, I just think Green Bay is better. I think, you know, I'm, I'm taking MVP at home every time. I think, I feel like it, it's just too much. And like you said, uh, the quarter or the, the linebacker is a big deal. You know, he's he's real good, but it'll be interesting to see that matchup with, you know, what what they want to do with Aaron Jones because he's also very good. And I just think that that I just like I'm going with the Packers. I mean, that's all I got. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. I expect him to play like the MVP. That was my first bullet from last week. That's my first bullet from this week. Devontae Adams is absolutely box office, and there's there's no Jalen Ramsey this week. So, I'll, you know, I expect him to get back to the receiver that he'd been for most of the season in the 13 games that he played. It is very, very hard for me to pick against Tom Brady. He is a man of integrity, uh, leadership. I mean, he's a Michigan man. So, you know, there's just – there's – it's really hard. This is Tom Brady's 14th championship game. 14. The next closest player is Joe Montana with seven. Wow. Tom Brady, this will be his 33rd playoff game. He's played in more playoff games than four, than all but four NFL franchises. The Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers, and the Patriots. Tom Brady's played in more playoff games than every other franchise. He's tied. The San Francisco 49ers have also played in 32 games. I love Tom Brady. I love everything about Tom Brady. I love everything that he stands for. I love the underdog approach that he's taken in through, throughout his whole career. I, I, you know, I just, it's going to be cold and snowy at Lambeau this weekend. 
I don't know if there's anything in the TB12 method that, that keeps you warm as a 43-year-old man in 25-degree weather and snowy. So I expect a similar score to what we saw last week. I'm picking the Packers by 8, 32 to 24. Fuck Tom Brady. You're so – I mean and, – and the thing that's great for me, and I don't want to go too far down the road on this thing, but like – it's tough for you. You know what I mean? Because I see that little Peyton Manning head behind you. Like, it's just tough for you because he just, like, not only has he always been, like, better, you know what I mean? But the fucking gap just <laughs> keeps getting wide. Wasn't better. He wasn't better when it mattered. <laughs> Manning's 3-1 and one versus Brady in championship games. Tom Brady's got six Super Bowls. He's played so in. Bills at Chiefs six forty. Played in nine on CBS. Yeah, Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs are minus three. Here's another quarterback that eventually is going to be better than Peyton Manning. I can get on board with that one. That one makes sense. Well, luckily for Buffalo, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland laid out the uh, the blueprint. Just hurt Pat, Pat Mahomes, and you're in the game. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned yeah. it. You mentioned it. The toe is, is an issue. Yeah, um, it is. They're a little banged up, but, you know, Kelsey and Hill are just magical. And the Bills defense did a really good job last week. I, I didn't really mention that when we talked about the, the, the Ravens-Bills game from this week. They did, they did a great job against them and, um, you know, held them to three points. It's going to be a different animal. It's a different animal this week. Uh, we'll have to see. You know, I, I heard that Mahomes passed all his his tests from the protocol. Yeah. So he'll probably have to miss a few days of practice this week but uh he'll be out there he'll play you know it's just a matter of that toe man it, 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 will he re-aggravate it you know i i expect this one to be obviously i expect this one to be a high scoring game as i took the over but uh you know i think that these are just two great offenses you know especially you know i, I mentioned that Allen hasn't been he wasn't great this past week but uh overall in the year he's just been phenomenal and um if you can get that guy out there that's going to be a pretty incredible matchup. Um, average age in this game is 25. Um, the average age of the quarterbacks in uh, in that game. And the average age of the other one is uh, much, much higher. <laughs> well, it's 37 and 40, so it's 40. Yeah, so, yeah, 40, 40 and 25. So, a little bit, uh, no matter what happens, so I, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think they're, the, I just think they're the better team. I think that they are, they'll just find ways to win. Um, Andy Reid is a phenomenal head coach. Mm -hmm. Not to take anything away from uh, what's his name in Buffalo. Uh, uh, Mc, uh, McVeigh, not McVeigh. McDermott. Uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah, he's he's a great coach in his own right. You know, I just think that the Chiefs are just too much. I just think they're too good. I've, I've been on them all year. I said it from the, from the beginning. I think I just think they're the best team. You know, I, I know that Rodgers is going to win the MVP, but I think Mahomes is the best quarterback. He is going to be better than Peyton Manning one day. Not yet, but one day. Uh, so yeah, give me give me the Chiefs. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna take the Chiefs by. I'll take the Chiefs by eight. Chiefs by eight. Mm -hmm. So you know, obviously the health of Mahomes is 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 looming large. Uh, sounds like the foot's a bigger concern than the head. I, I talked about that foot. Th that thing is. I just want to say one thing. It did not look like he hurt that toe in the in the Browns game. It looked like that was an existing injury. And they when they when they took him into the tent the first time, he took his shoe off. He was right back out of the tent. So whatever they whatever apparatus they had in there, I think they had to adjust it because it was it was uncomfortable or maybe they had something in there and they took it out, whatever. But that to me is is a concern. Uh, look, I'm and it not got worse. It got worse as the game went on. You know, the longer he was out there, I think it got worse as the game went on because I think they had some sort of a metal insert in there that was keeping the toe from moving, and I think he couldn't. I think he couldn't move, so they took it. I think the only reason it started to look worse was because they took out whatever piece that was restricting any movement of that toe out and i think what you were seeing was the actual injury are you surprised that they had him run on that play that he got hurt when he when he got 
the head hit. I'm not. I mean, are you surprised they made Chan, Chad Henney run on third and 14? Look, I, nothing. Well, that, that wasn't the plan. That I wasn't know. the plan, though. He, I, I mean, he just, um, no, he just took I'm off. Not. I'm not. I no, look. No, I was surprised when they went for it on fourth down with six seconds left on the play clock. Make no mistake about it. Kansas City was on their way to blowing out the Browns. You know, so any question about their offense or rust, those I think are are answered. Now, look, the Browns' defense is terrible, and Buffalo's defense is a little bit better. But, again, their offense hadn't played for 21 days. Buffalo has not shown they can run the ball, which is a major concern. The guy playing quarterback for the Chiefs is a magician, whether he's got a banged-up toe or not. I've been on the Bills all season, uh, and I believed in them when when not many people did. Let's just be honest. I, I don't always want to take victory laps on the things that I do, but the problem is I'm just I'm taking so many victory laps lately that it's like I just, you know, it's tough because it sounds like I'm always taking them, but it's because I am. You know, I believe you, you picked against them. So let's just pump the brakes <laughs> on this fucking victory parade. <laughs> With that being said, I think Kelsey and Hills, they're just going to be too much. And I expect the coaching advantage to be lopsided in, in, in Casey's direction again. I got the Chiefs by 10. 34 24. Buffalo has the 20th ranked defense by EPA per play. Um, that's 23 against the run and 17 versus the pass. Kansas City is actually uh, worse off, but, you know, just from what we talked about, I mean, and that's not to take away anything from Allen or Diggs or, you know, really anybody on their team, but you mentioned it, they, they can't run the ball, which I don't expect that to be a, a huge deal. It's, it's not, but they fucking ran the ball the fewest amount of times in playoff history or something on Saturday night, and at, yeah. least, at least in the first half. Kansas City's thirty first was thirty first against the run by EPA. Yeah, they they look pretty good against well in critical situations. They played a great. They they played played a good game in critical situations against the Browns. I thought their run defense played well. They did, they did, um, and we we helped them out a few times too. But yep, you got anything um, else? No, I will say that no matter what happens this weekend, I don't see a bad Super Bowl matchup. So that's that's fun. I like I got, that. I got one more thing. I want to make a trade to my NBA challenge team. <laughs> no, no, you can't look at it. This is how it works. I am making a trade. Okay, okay, and okay. If okay. you want to make a trade, you can after I do. I am trading the Miami Heat for the Utah Jazz. Do you want to make any trades? You sprung this on me. I didn't even know this was coming. Of course. What What am I going to do? Fucking tell you? Yeah, I got to get. Let's see. Portland. Ah, they're okay. We got some bad teams, buddy. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm sad. Yeah. Dude, I'm Dallas, sad. Dallas is not playing well. I got the Lakers, the Nets, and the Celtics. Yeah. And I'm I got a, the Bucks. The, I got the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Sixers. We basically, if you look at all NBA power rankings, regardless of the media outlet, you and I have the top six teams. All right, yeah, I'm trading the Blazers for the Suns. So I had to decide whether I wanted the Jazz or the Suns, and I also had to decide whether I wanted to trade the Nuggets or Miami. Miami just has like a bubble hangover. I don't know what's going on there. I think the Nuggets are going to are gonna improve. But you don't I think, think Miami f- is? I don't know, man. I don't know. Jimmy Butler's had uh it's it's been weird. It's a it's a bubble hangover. I don't know what's going on with them. Uh but it's it's just been weird. Oh man. The KPJ stuff. Dude. So they're gonna it sounds like they're gonna have to release him. Well, I mean I don't, for those out there, KPJ's I don't know how the story gets out that he has this outburst if you're gonna try and fucking trade him. I mean that's just well, because they've been trying to trade him all weekend, the article I read. So for those out there who don't know, KPJ's Kevin Porter Jr. He's a Cavs player. He, you know, had some issues in college at USC. He was a late round pick. The Cavs huge value pick for the for the Cavaliers last season. So the Cavaliers got in on the James Harden trade. They got two players and with the new players coming in the locker room, they did some adjusting of lockers. 
So they move players who were 25 and younger over into one section, and they put veterans in another. They did not tell Kevin Porter Jr. that his locker was being moved and that they were giving it to the player from the Nets. He came in, went fucking bananas, started throwing food everywhere, yelled at Kobe Altman, the general manager. Um, You know, you can't yell at your boss. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. So, you made a trade. I made a trade. I have it documented. I hope you have it. You got your little spreadsheet out. You documenting it? I'm doing it now. I just had it written down. Okay. So with that, don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, subscribe. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are available. We are also available at the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-B. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Somebody shock me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube